0: The Stewardship of Suffering on this edition of Truth and Love. I'm Dale Johnson and you're listening to Truth and Love, a podcast of the Association of Certified Biblical Counselors where we seek to provide biblical solutions for the problems that people face. Today on the podcast, I'm delighted to welcome uh, Brad Brant. He is a familiar voice on This podcast. He's one of our board members here at ACBC. He's been an ACBC member for quite some time. He's a pastor at Wheelersburg Baptist Church in Wheelersburg, Ohio. I love sitting down with Brad and uh, hearing uh, wisdom that the Lord has taught him through his word. And as he lives life as a pastor, using pastoral wisdom the Lord has given him through uh, the many years. And today he's going to help us to understand a little bit about suffering and how we think properly and biblically about this issue of, of suffering and sometimes we we internalize suffering we we look inward with suffering and you're going to talk about this today brad in in a in a way of stewardship now i find that interesting most people uh, when they encounter suffering or trials or difficulty um, they don't think about it as being a stewardship so what do you mean when you say stewardship in relation to suffering and, and how do we see that as a, as a stewardship
1: well, yeah, I think stewardship is a word that we probably don't initially associate with suffering. Uh, of course, First Corinthians six nineteen, we're bought with a price; we're not our own. First uh, Corinthians four one and two talks about we're stewards. We typically think of stewards as managers of of our time, of our talents, our treasures, uh, experiences, but If Romans 11.36 is true, and it certainly is, that all things are from Him, through Him, and to Him, that would include suffering. And everything then in our lives, including the hardships, the difficulties, the pain, uh, is something that God's allowed into our life for a purpose, uh, multiple purposes, but He wants us to see it from that perspective. It's not just something to get through. uh, It's something that He intends for His glory, our good, the good of others. Uh, I think, and I've seen this so many times in my own life and in others as I work with, that when you when you get a hold of that principle, or it gets a hold of you, it just changes. It's a very hope giving principle. Suffering really is a stewardship. Uh, one of the passages that's really helped me a lot is Second uh, Corinthians twelve. When I was uh, hit by this in Second Corinthians twelve, Paul so that the power of Christ may rest on me. For the sake of Christ, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Uh, I I see the stewardship of suffering all over this passage. As uh, Paul's talking about to keep him from becoming prideful because of the revelations he was privileged to see. He talks about that in the first part of the chapter. This, This messenger of Satan, this thorn. Uh, I actually entitled the workshop uh, "Learning to See Thorns as God Sees Them," and of course, there's a hermeneutic that we might want to talk about. There, I'm not saying that everybody has a thorn. Paul did, but uh, Paul goes on to say that because of that thorn, he viewed all of his weaknesses (plural) differently. He embraced them, and uh, so that's that's where we're heading with this uh, this thought of the stewardship of suffering.
0: And Paul talks about this thorn, which I think is an important concept, and I, I'm I'm glad that you made the clarification on the hermeneutical issue. We're not we're not describing every point of suffering as some sort of thorn. However, it is a realistic ideal that God is granting Paul this thorn for a purpose, and we should not miss that. I think what's unfortunate sometimes in biblical counseling is, is folks will say, well, you want to spiritualize everything, and you just want to dismiss that people are struggling or suffering with certain things. Uh, That's not really the concept at all. It's just the way in which we see the suffering that's happening. We're not dismissing that people have feelings, emotions, deep, dark trials and difficulties that they wrestle with in life. All of that is absolutely true. This passage testifies to it. So what do we mean when we say that uh, we need to see thorns in a different way? We need to see thorns as the way God sees them, not bound by earthly terms and earthly ways of seeing those. Uh, so how how do we see those thorns as God sees them?
1: Yeah, there's a lot of directions we could go with that question. Uh, Paul, first of all, says that this particular thorn was given to him. Um, he, he refers to it as a messenger of Satan. So Satan was the mailman, but he's not the author of the package. Mm-hmm. Uh, God is the one that designed this, and he says he did it for his good. And, of course, you know, We could spin that off and think about how it was his suffering that resulted even in people coming to know Christ. He talks about there in Galatians uh, that it was because of his illness that he ended up there, and um, we don't know exactly what he means by that, but the gospel comes to that region because of this affliction. And seeing then this, whatever it is in our lives, for Paul it was this thorn, uh, whatever we have, this affliction, weaknesses, seeing them as sovereignly, designed uh, in, with this intent that God has for our good and the advancement of his kingdom just changes our perspective. It's not something that I need to get rid of. It's something I need to maximize. Um, I've experienced that in my own life. I've talked before on the podcast about the uh, battle with migraines. In fact, I you know 15 a month is what I was dealing with. I'm thankful for a medicine that's been helping me. Mm-hmm. I thought it was interesting. Barclay, in his uh, commentary, talks about What is this thorn? He says uh, that Paul suffered from chronically recurrent attacks of a certain virulent malarial fever which haunted the coast of the eastern Mediterranean. Uh, He talks about one who suffered from it describes the headache that accompanies as being like a red-hot bar thrust through the forehead. (laughs) Mm. Another speaks of the grinding, boring pain in one's temple like a dentist's drill. I remember reading that as I was battling my own (laughs) head pain thinking, I don't know if that's what it was, but it really caught my attention. So when Paul says, there was given me a thorn in the flesh, this wasn't some minor thing. Mm -hmm. It really caused him intense agony, so much
0: so that he pleaded with the Lord to take it away. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're you're exactly right. And, And I think we can relate to that, where we have issues in our own life and we plead with the Lord consistently. Because from our perspective, from a human disposition, man, it seems wisest to us that man, I could do a lot of good in life if I could just move through this or remove this thorn. Uh, but instead of removing it, the Lord actually gave him a promise. Can you describe what that promise was and, and how that relates to even us who are struggling?
1: Yeah, it's it's a two, two-part two promise. As Jesus says to Paul there in verse 9 of 2 Corinthians 12, again, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. So first part of the promise is sufficient grace. Whatever you're going to face, Paul, my grace will be sufficient, my unmerited help. Now, again, Paul was he was made knowledgeable of that from his conversion. He was told how much he would suffer, and Paul embraced that. I've been preaching through uh, Acts recently at the church, and was, we just went to Philippi, and Paul had the opportunity to put his roman citizenship trump card to get out of the situation but he chose not to he allowed them to he really saw that this suffering would be means by which the gospel would go forth christ himself embraced the cross and then the crown of course comes later Mm -hmm. and paul saw it that way that so you've got sufficient grace and then the promise that jesus power literally we made perfect in our weakness it will be perfected it will become to its fullness um when I'm working with counselees, that's such a hope-giving thing. The Lord doesn't need our strength. What He chooses to work through is our weakness. And when we lean into that promise, it is a, is a pillow for us to put our heads on. He knows what He's up to. And um, certainly, we can all testify when we stop and think about it how God has used our weaknesses for His honor in ways we never anticipated
0: that's so good and and as we talk about the text i want to encourage our, our counselors to to think about the applications and implications uh, like we're about to do here is it's proper for us to to consider the truths from scripture the promises from scripture the commands of scripture uh, and and meditate well on the scripture as we study the word and then we move into what are some of those implications okay what does this mean in the way that I apply the truths of God's word in my own life and as I'm counseling to to others. So, what are some of those implications for the promises that we can use as biblical counselors?
1: You know, Dale, one of the things that just jumped out of this passage at me was when Paul says, I asked the Lord three times to take it away. The implication, he never asked a fourth time. Mm -hmm. Once that promise was given, it was enough for him to know God intends to use this thorn for Paul and then extends it to the other weaknesses. Or my good and the advancement of his glory and the salvation of people. Mm. So uh, I think one real practical implication is uh, how we view the problem, how we pray about our problems. There's certainly nothing wrong with praying, Lord, would you help me to find a solution to whatever this affliction is? Doctors help, so forth. I've seen 15 different doctors over the years. but. At some point, uh, it's important to just lean into the promise, say, Lord, you can take it away. If you choose not to, I will trust you mm-hmm. with this. I trust your sovereign wisdom, this promise. I'll put my weight into it and make much of you in this affliction. Mm-hmm. I, uh, on, a, on a real practical note, I encourage listeners to, uh, to get a hymn book out and sing the hymns. And here's what, one of the things that happened, the, uh, the particular Hymns of Grace hymn book put out by the Master's College, I believe. I went through that just singing a couple of hymns a a day. It took several months to go through it and and just marked in the back how many hymns talk about pain and suffering. And there are dozens and dozens. Mm -hmm. And what's the the person writing is just applying this principle we're talking about. Mm -hmm. Looking at the cross, Christ's sufficiency, God's sufficiency, being very honest about I'm facing this, but tying those two together. God has a purpose in my life and of course, we're living for the life to come, but uh, that's a practical thing that I think is a takeaway. Just make it a point to sing to the Lord these great songs of the past that help us internalize these principles we're talking about.
0: That's so helpful, Brad, and, and there's a lot more certainly that we could say, but I think the, the point still remains is, is we should see opportunities that God gives us in suffering, in affliction, in trial, in difficulty— they are a stewardship. It's not to be internalized, to, to look inward focused, to think about how uncomfortable it is. Uh, it is for the purpose of stewarding what God entrusts to us for the sake of his glory. And that's quite an investment. It's quite an entrustment from the Lord, but we can find hope and peace just as Paul did in the grace and the promises of Christ.
1: I, I would say, I just know that someone is going to be listening to this who is in deep pain themselves right now. And I would just encourage you, you need heroes you can look to. And the Apostle Paul is many things for us, but he's a hero in terms of how he dealt with his pain. And make become a student of of great men and women in the past. Read their biographies. How did they deal with their pain? I just worked through again recently last week Richard Wurmbrand and what he went through and his wife Sabina. Their works are very helpful, the suffering they endured, and Richard and both of them talked a lot about the promises of God and how they sustained them. And I encourage you, be a student of the past, biographies are helpful, uh, memorize the promises of God. If you'd like some help in that, wheelersburgbaptist.com. we did a series, a 10-part series on promises to live by in the crucible of suffering. This is one of the promises, the Second Corinthians 12 passage, but learn the promises of God and put your weight into them. Thank you, Brad. This has
0: been so helpful. You're listening to Truth and Love, a podcast of ACBC. Now, I do want to mention that Brad has written a very helpful book. It's actually entitled Help I'm in Pain. Uh, it's from Shepherd's Press. I think you'll find it um, really helpful to you, as he talks even a little bit about his own story as he's wrestled with pain and how to how to steward that well. I want to mention too that uh, you can get a more full treatment of this very subject by Brad Brandt. Uh, he delivered this. Uh, breakout session during our 2020 annual conference uh, in October of 2020. And so I want to encourage you um, to to go to our website to find that particular resource where you can see him him teaching a a full breakout uh, on this very subject, the stewardship of suffering. I also want to mention that along with Brad, there were 50 other breakouts that were done and recorded that you can find on our website, biblicalcounseling.com.